0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast.
2: Goodbye baseball. A walk-off winner for Mitch Haniger. Swing, line drive. This game is over. Baseball. Mitch Haniger ties it up here in the bottom of the ninth inning. James Paxton has just thrown a no hitter. The big lefty is getting mobbed
3: out of the now. Here's your host Gary Hill. Hey, welcome back Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Great to have you here again as Mariners in Texas to get set to take on the Rangers in what is the final. Road series of the year, which is hard to believe. The Mariners taking two of three from the Houston Astros, an off day yesterday, back at it today. It's been a nice trip so far for the Mariners. Five and two on this trip so far, taking three of four against the Angels and taking the series against the Astros, two games to one. Speaking of the Astros, we're going to hear from their skipper, A.J. Hinch, who has a very interesting conversation with, Aaron Goldsmith, they talk closers, they talk Edwin Diaz. It's pretty fun. You'll enjoy that. That comes up in a few minutes. Also, Shannon Dreyer sits down with Mitch Hanniger, who is having just an incredible season and also apparently is the king of slides. We'll talk about that in a second as well. (laughs) He has just put on a show on the bases as of late, including last game against the Astros – Robinson Cano drives and run. He's had a couple big games in a row. And Mitch Hanniger with an incredible slide at home plate to give the Mariners a run.
2: Here's the pitch on the way. Swinging a line shot into left center field. That's down for a base hit. All the way to the wall. Sliding stop by Marisdek over to third. Hanniger being waved in. The throw-in cut off by Gonzalez. The relay to the plate. Hanniger slides, and he is safe at home. Maldonado applied the tag. No call by the home plate umpire, Trip Gibson. And then Maldonado lost the grip on the ball. Hanniger with a slide to the backside of the plate, reaching in with his left hand. Maldonado may have gotten the tag on him, but then he lost the ball. And Trip Gibson, no call until Hanniger got that hand on the
3: plate. Pretty incredible. He, as he was going in, just pulled the hand back as the tag was coming. And then crawled back to home plate, touched home, and scored the run. And what was a pretty big day offensively for the Mariners as they piled up a ton of runs against the Astros. The pitch. Swing, and this is clubbed way high, way deep. This is gone right
2: field up to the second deck. Kyle Seager with some authority.
4: His 22nd of the season was absolutely mashed.
2: And it's now 6-0 Mariners.
3: And they would put the finishing touches on a big day offensively.
2: Swing and a fly ball deep to left field. Down the line. This one is going and going. Goodbye baseball. A home run for Guillermo Heredia. Just fair down the left field line. Landing in the Crawford boxes. Heredia with his fifth home run of the season.
3: So overall, the Mariners, 35 runs, 8 homers, 29 walks, 12 doubles on this trip so far, 5-2 and two on this road trip so far with three coming against the Texas Rangers starting tonight. Here's Scott's service after the game. That
5: bullpen thing has worked
3: out for you. Bullpen thing has worked out. Our guys have done
6: great. They've really thrown the ball well. They've been very aggressive. Um, tonight we used six guys and, and get through it. Um, no, the guys were pretty sharp. Obviously, throw uh, nine zeroes up there. It's hard to do, um, certainly against this team in this ballpark. But um, our guys are really sharp tonight. Got to give them a ton of credit. Uh, a few of them haven't pitched in a long, long time, and they went out there and threw strikes and, you know, got uh, soft contact early in the count. and you know, It was a great result tonight. Help
5: that there were runs up on the board.
6: Oh, certainly. No doubt. I think, you know, uh, Festo, the young guy running out there in the first inning. Like Casey Lawrence threw the ball really good. Um, sometimes when you haven't been out there in so long, you know. You can, but Casey does a great job preparing, even though he hasn't pitched in a while. He's up on the mound, he's getting his work, and he's ready. Um, so you know, and the guys after that uh, threw the ball really, really well. You had
4: the to
6: go in the inning, but that's a, a tough three guys to start out with. Yes, they are. And uh, I thought he handled it great. It's hard, tough guy. Uh, young guy, never been in that situation before, but he kind of went through the same routine he always does here in the clubhouse before the game and threw the same number of pitches he does in the bullpen just like he was coming in from one inning. So uh, it was nice, nice to watch, nice to see it all come together.
7: You said the nine squirrels essentially, it's hard to do, especially against this team in this ballpark. You guys have played really well in this ballpark, though. I mean, I feel like you're sort of not giving credit to. How you handled the Astros at Minute Maid Park this year.
6: Yeah, we've we played well here all year. Our guys enjoy coming in here. Uh, they, they swing the bats well here. Uh, you know, I think a, a few of our guys get energized here for whatever reason. Might be the fact that they won the World Series last year, and they certainly had our number here in the past, so you know, one of our goals is to play better against them this year. We certainly have. Um, it's nice coming in here and beating them, no doubt.
5: But the, uh, the
2: bats we've seen over the last couple of weeks, the last 10 days or so have been pretty good. I mean, is it tough seeing them now when you didn't see them in July, or is it, you know, hopeful for next year as well that these guys will carry
6: it? To be completely honest, yes, it is tough. You know, I think that was a, the frustrating thing um, going through the struggles we did, and you know, in, in August, early September, you, you know, it's in there, um, It wasn't consistently there and showing up, and the lineup just wasn't flowing. But again, you know, Cano swings the bat really well again tonight. Um, Seeger, you know, smokes a couple balls, uh, you know, just up and down the lineup. The quality of the bats have been there on this road trip. That's why we're having a good road trip. It's been driven by offense and, you know, our pitching. Again, night like tonight, we had one of the bullpen nights shut out over in, in Anaheim. Everybody chipping in and doing their part. Um, you know, it's really good night. I mean, uh, we had a ball off the pitcher's head tonight. I, I didn't even see it. I mean, the fact that Dallas Keichel stayed in that game really says a lot uh, about him and the kind of competitor he is. But, you know, our guys didn't back off. They just kept, you know, putting the, uh, the pedal to the metal, and, and finally got him out of the game.
3: Because Mitch trying to not take the day off by just keep doing everything he's doing? And
6: it's amazing the season he's had. Uh, well, an unbelievable slide. You know, some kind of athlete he is to, to make the adjustments there, to get around the tag. hits a home run again. I mean, he's done it as consistently as any player uh, that I've seen since I've been here the entire year. Uh, it's been really, really fun to watch.
7: And uh, what was the approach against Keigel in the first inning?
6: Uh, you, you know, our guys, we've seen him a lot. When you see a pitcher like that as much as we have. I think guys have a pretty good idea how he's going to attack each buddy and everybody individually, and we're aggressive. Obviously, we've got right after him, hanging with the leadoff single and then the cigar with the double. So um, when you see a guy that much, you have a pretty good idea uh, how he's going to attack you. Our guys are ready to go tonight.
3: we haven't seen a pull shot from Kyle with the backspin like that in a while. How good was that to see?
6: Just it was to- great. Yeah, I, I will give a, a lot of credit to Kyle. Obviously, it hasn't been a... a Uh, the season he wanted to have. But he has uh, continued to grind. He's find ways to to continue to try to get better. And it's not so much tied to his swing. It's more tied to his approach. And uh, it's great to see, you know, we always say with you guys, you never know when you're going to find something that just clicks. And obviously you carry it through the rest of this season and you carry it forward in the next season. So um, give him a lot of credit for grinding through it.
5: Do you think something is clicking right now with him?
6: We'll see.
3: There it is, Scott Service. After the win, Mariners beat the Astros in the final game of that series in Houston, nine nothing. The win for the Mariners. We'll take on Texas starting tonight, 5:05 first pitch. Erasmo Ramirez gets the ball. Ariel Harado will go for the Rangers, and then on Saturday it's Marco Gonzalez at 5:05. Mike Miner, who has stayed in the rotation all season long for the Rangers, will get the start, the lefty, and then Sunday, 12:05, Wade LeBlanc. Against Adrian Sampson, who's back in the big leagues, the pitcher out of Skyline High School, out of Sammamish, Washington, who pitched one game in a Mariners uniform in 2016. If you remember, he was supposed to get another start and was hurt warming up. And he's been been hurt. He's been out of the big leagues, but just made it back. So he's pitched uh, three games now with Texas. He'll get the start against the Mariners coming up on Sunday, so good for him to see the local product back in the majors. So we've talked already about Mitch Hanniger. Why don't we hear from Mitch Hanniger? Shannon Dreyer sitting down with the Mariners outfielder.
5: The first thing I want to get to you about was yesterday I uh, saw a lot of joy in the game and a, a bunch of different areas saw the appreciation that Wade LeBlanc showed for some plays that were made behind him. And then even after the game, I saw your tweet, Vogel slam mm-hmm. out there. You guys really get into celebrating accomplishments of others.
7: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's good. It, it helps, you know, I mean, especially for a guy who's like pinch hit situation is so difficult to do. And for you to come through like that, that's that's huge. And, that, you know, that. We won that game because of because of Vogelbach and because of Wade's performance, and um, it needs to be celebrated. I think it makes you feel good.
5: Daniel, you've watched him in spring training and when he's been up, and he's made some adjustments to his swing, but you also see a lot of confidence with what he's doing right now.
7: It's yeah, I think um, I think what he's been able to do up here since getting called up in September is, is awesome. It's really tough to uh, perform when you're not playing every day, and that's kind of his role right now is pinch hit, you know, maybe spot start every once in a while, and um, you know he's had two really big home runs for us, so it's been it's been cool. And I, that guy has a lot of power, and you know uh, he's going to tap into it, especially if he's if he's getting consistent at bats. He's you know he can be a thirty home run guy a year.
5: Mitch said so, we'll write it down. <laughs> hey, we've talked so much about your offense this year, but uh, in the last month in particular, your defense has been a lot of fun to watch. And we talk about the process with the offense. What goes into your defense and, and continuing to prepare for it and even improve where you can.
7: Uh, yeah, just in um, BP really, just trying to get reads off the bat and t- try to take good angles on balls and um, have clean routes to, to balls down the line in the gap and um, you know, practicing that spin throw down the right field line and, and practicing the, the backhanded grab and, and throw to second on the uh, ball in the right center gap. So just trying to get better and working with Prieto and uh, just continually trying to improve.
5: Last night you had the opportunity to get a runner at second. How much are you anticipating that, and what happens as that play involves?
7: Uh, yeah, when it was hit, you know, I was hoping, I was just trying to cut it off before it got to the wall. I thought if I cut it off before it got to the wall, I'd have a chance to throw him out, um, knowing that, you know, it's not the fastest runner in the game. And, um, yeah, luckily I was I was able to get there, turn and make a good throw, and happy he tried to test me, so.
5: <laughs> what is it about catchers who sometimes just think they can get there?
7: <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, like I think most, I, I think, I think majority of the time I make that play, but I, there are still, there are times where the throw's slightly offline and he's safe. And I think it's not a bad idea to test most outfielders. Like it's a really it's a really hard play to make and to, to spin and throw fast and have the throw right on target. But um, you obviously don't look too smart when you you know you get thrown out. But at the same time, like that could. I could go his way and he looks you know, he's got a double and he's in scoring position.
5: So why not go for it at that right. point, right? Do you worked a lot on your speed in the off season last year. How much did that factor into what you can do in the outfield now?
7: Um, yeah, it definitely helps something I every outf- I mean every player should work on their speed. Um if they're a guy who's gonna uh, be a threat on the bases, and and you know looks to improve their defense, and something that's one of my main focuses every off season, Just the sprints I run and all the lifts I do, based on getting more speed and power, and um, yeah, it's going to continue being that way for as long as I play.
5: Does your routine change at all as the season goes on, due to the length of season?
7: Yeah, definitely gets um, you know as the season pr- progresses after the All Star break, I stop lifting as heavy and just trying to kind of maintain that that throughout the rest of the season so you're not really getting too burnt out the last month of the year you know earlier in the year and in the off season I'm lifting very heavy and um, through the second half of the year I'm just kind of trying to maintain and give my body a little bit more of a break so I can you know you know play 162 and and uh, be able to play more you know you know if we go to playoffs be able to play you know 180 and that's the goal every year
5: lastly this team has got a chance to do something uh, really improve on something from last year and that's playing the team on the other side I think you had four wins against them last year you you have a chance at a winning record against them right now for the guys in the clubhouse what does that do to you know be able to go out there and see we played these guys well
7: yeah I mean every 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 series is big for us every team we play against we want to beat and uh, Houston's a really good ball club they got really good arms really good lineup and it just shows you uh, what we're capable of and you know, we just have to be be consistent all year, and you know, um, throughout the rest of the year, and then next year, just just come back fighting. And uh, I think we can hang with anybody in the league, and we've shown that we play them really well. And that's a really good ball club, World Series champions last year, and uh, they might be back there this year again. So, yeah, it just shows you what, what we have in our clubhouse.
3: Now, Eric Goldsmith with Astros manager AJ Hinch as they talk closers.
4: AJ, I'm really eager to talk to you about one thing in particular, and that is the ninth inning. Because in an era of bullpens, last year your Astros won it all without what many would think would be the most important piece, and that is a closer. Obviously, you guys did not feel like that could be duplicated this year as you acquired Roberto Osuna. What is it that makes filling that ninth inning so difficult?
1: Uh, well, I think the ninth inning um, just it just garners so much pressure, so much anxiety, and, and so much anticipation that you need someone uh, or multiple guys that can handle the moment, that can handle the challenge of just just being themselves in that environment where the game's on the line. Everybody in the stadium is anticipating those last three outs, and and there's a ton of pressure all the way around. So I, um, you know, as far as philosophy goes, the, the, I think the closer role has always been um, highly sought after. If you're a player, managers love it because they're they're considered the shutdown last three innings. There's an expectation of dominance. In that in that player, but your personnel has to fit that, and when you have that, um, you feel like you shorten the game. Like the game is 24 outs, not 27, because we assume the last three when you have an elite closer. So um, it's tough sometimes. You got to earn all 27 outs. I know that in the era of matchups, there's a, on paper it always looks safe to to play the matchups. In reality, when you have the game on the line, there's there's still only a few guys at this level that can really handle it day in and day out. What was it that made you in the front office go from the idea of we can go closer by committee to we need a closer? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's personnel based. I mean, I, I, I don't really believe in, in sort of overreaching on philosophy or having a one way to do things. You have to apply your personnel in the situations that you're provided. And, and if that means you have you know a lot of different relievers that you can mix and match, and you, we had to react last year to a you know a struggling bullpen at the very end with some starters that were elite that were going to the bullpen off spectacular seasons the game led us to use our bullpen the way that we did it wasn't some sort of philosophy on the flip side of it if you have a dominant closer you guys have one in, in, in Diaz we have one in Osuna um, those decisions are largely made up for you because you have such confidence in the closer that you can have and now my going into this season or going into uh, what hopes to be a long postseason we we, we feel like I'm playing the personnel how I have. I don't have a philosophy necessarily other than I've got to find a way to get 27 outs in whatever order that I, that I can. Now that I have an elite closer and someone who's used to pitch in the ninth inning, um, you know, that decision's pretty easy.
4: You're creating a video game closer, right, out of, out of thin air. You can have one quality above all else, either tangible or intangible. What is it you want your closer to
1: have? Um, a, a calm heartbeat. You know, I mean, obviously stuff is going to matter and and the ability to have two multiple pitches. I'd love 100 miles an hour if I can have it. i love the elite slider. Uh, but I, I think ab- above all, I mean, that's going to come with major league talent. But I, I think above all, I think the calm heartbeat in the ninth inning when everybody else's heartbeat is racing, the batter, uh, the defenders, the fans, the the, the coaches, the managers, uh, everybody has this anxiousness. You give me a guy with a calm heartbeat and, and he's going to win out. You've had a front-row seat on
4: what has been a really historic season for Edwin Diaz. What's it been like for you watching the Mariners' closer from the Astros' dugout?
1: Oh, man, it, it, it is it, uh, that anxiety I talk about. It starts in, like, the sixth inning whenever they have the lead against you because the game is so short. Um, and I had a chance to meet him at the All-Star game and and, and just enjoy some of his enthusiasm. And, and somehow the National League scored off of him. I was like, how did that happen? Because we can't score off him ever uh, but to watch him come in, and, and, you know, I've been able to watch him grow the last couple of years. He came in as a sort of a, a high-energy, exuberant guy, throwing the ball all over the place, uh, emotionally reacting to everything, to now he's smoothed things out. The game has slowed down for him. He still has that energy and that life to him, the, the music in, at Safeco, the, the lights, the, the anticipation of him coming in and, and the elite stuff that he brings. He he just now has figured out how to channel all that towards the hitter and towards the strike zone and and the, the successful closer uh, that has consistency is the is the best in the game and I consider Diaz the best in the game. Do you take some responsibility for one of his only blown
4: saves coming under <laughs> your watch? You know, I I, I, <laughs> I,
1: I, I I joked with him at the you know he begged me for the inning in the, at the All Star game and I, you know here was a guy who was used a ton in the first half. He was you guys had a ton of, of one run games. He was in my eyes, was, was one of the guys that maybe I wanted to give a, a blow to. Um, even though in my stomach, I'm like, man, it's the Mariners' closer, and I can use him in the All-Star <laughs> game, and we joked about that. But he begged me for an inning because he'd had all of three days off going into the All-Star break, and he wasn't used to that time off, and he didn't want to feel rusty. So, um, you know, I wasn't proud. At that. that moment when he, when he gave up the homer, I wasn't proud, but I could needle him and say, I don't know, my guy's got all the outs. Edwin, you're got, you gave up the runs, and we had a nice little laugh about it.
4: Blake Trinan has had a ridiculous season as well for the A's. You've seen plenty of the Oakland A's, of course, this season. Can you can compare and contrast Diaz and Trinan yeah, and their they're, seasons?
1: They're different. They go about it different ways. I mean, Diaz has the energy and the and the and the bravado and the and machismo and all the things that come with Diaz when he gets in the mound and um, you know, they both have elite stuff, obviously. I think Trinan's more geared towards contact, especially contact on the ground. Diaz has a little bit more. Um, you know kind of strike out vibe to them they both have put up rec- incredible incredible numbers and incredible success and you fear them about the same you fear them for different reasons I think Diaz can embarrass you I think trying just kind of breaks your bat and gets you out and and moves on to the next outing but um, you know those two those two closers being in our bullpen I mean I'm sorry in our in our division um, is are some sleepless nights as the opposing manager AJ all the best in October thanks for the time appreciate you